I'm not even kidding. Like if you go on the map, it oh, says Sarah's Speakeasy. Yeah, I was uh, stalking you on, uh, on Snapchat. I saw you uh, were in. You're uh, a fucking creep. Oswego, and I saw that Speakeasy. I was like, "What is that?" And I couldn't find anything else. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cool. You don't have your location available on Snapchat uh, because I thought you took yours off, nope. and I was like, "Okay." Sorry. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll turn mine back on. We can start whenever. Oh, um, well, yeah, I was going to talk about. Uh, what is with you today? I don't know. Well, let's get into it. I feel like it's a different. What episode is this? 15? 15. Is it 15? Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. Well, welcome to episode 15 of Beer and Fear. My name is Paige. My name is Zach. The cool guy in the glasses. Oh, yeah. The fake glasses. Yes. Uh, this episode is uh, Paige's pick. I picked the Kraken. Mm hmm. Um, because you did that thing again where you go shopping for the beer. Yes, I went backwards. <laughs> so <excited>. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because it gives me ideas. I like it too. So I, I went. I still haven't done it yet. There's a there's a, a not Jolie at Benny's <laughs> <laughs> down the street from my new apartment. Good. Good. The, it's busy as hell all the time. Oh yeah, I yeah, imagine it's ridiculous. It's, it's the it's the Plainfield one. Mm-hmm. It's technically the Plainfield Benny's. The one by the old uh, that brewery? Mm, I don't know. Or like that, it's by uh, a bank restaurant, or is it by like a uh, body shop? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of the other one. It's straight down 59. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, There's probably multiple. So I went in there and I was just looking at all the craft beer and I was like, "What can I do with this section?" <laughs> so I went around and I I ambled. I found a couple options and there were some that I'm like, "Ooh, I want to do that for another episode" because I saw like the title of the beer and I was like, uh-huh. "But they were out of stock of it." Hmm. So we could probably use it for yeah, get it for another episode. Exactly. So, how was your week? Did you write <coughs> anything down? Uh, I didn't need to because I I remember the two things that I want to talk about. Well, um, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Hold on, I'm sending. All I have eaten today is a cheese stick and the no. last of my pizza Pringles. <laughs> no, why? <laughs> I had a bowl of Captain Crunch. Um, I think I'm addicted to the cereal. I I'm bought addicted it. to Fruity Pebbles. Those are really good, too. I wonder, what if you mix the two? <gasps> <laughs> Would you die? Don't even joke about that. Uh, I bought them once because uh, I hadn't had them in forever, and now I can't stop eating them. They're, They're so just, good. Even when you cut your mouth on the sharp corners, <laughs> who cares? It's like the most sugary. The pain is the reward. Flavorful. Just, it's <laughs> horrible for you, but it's really good. And I'm glad that as an adult, I can make those decisions and buy whatever Chelsea kind of Chelsea and I were talking about how... Because, like, we were watching a movie or something in this. Mm. Oh, we were watching Sailor Moon. And this uh, character was... Steph really likes Sailor Moon. <laughs> this character was eating um, an entire cake. And we just looked at each <laughs> other and we were like... She was like, I forget that as an adult, I could literally just go out and we buy can, an entire we cake. We can do that. And just eat an entire <laughs> cake. I was like, we need to do that. It's pretty great. You forget the uh, the amount of freedom you have sometimes. Just being able to eat whatever you want. Whatever you want. Um... Oh, uh, yeah, I remember the two things that I wanted to talk about. Um, so yesterday I watched a movie yes. uh, with my my parents, and 
uh, I saw it on Netflix. It's a relatively new film. It came out in September. Uh, it's a Netflix original. And it has... Um, you've seen Breaking Bad, right? Yes. It has the guy... You remember... I'm well, forget- I've seen an episode of Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Well, you probably wouldn't know. But it's got one of the actors from Breaking Bad in it. Is Not it? any of the main actors. But, oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, is it like Jesse? No. I like that I remember Aaron his Paul. name. Uh, the movie... Where's the name of it? Oh, it's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And um, it's a psychological thriller about a... Uh, it's called I'm Thinking of I'm Ending I'm Thinking things. of Ending Things. Oh, yep. that sounds depressing. It sounds very depressing. The, actually, the beginning of the movie opens up very, very depressing. Um, but it's about a girl who goes on a trip with her boyfriend to meet his parents. That's the basic gist of the movie. Uh, but it's a, it's a psychological thriller, so it is by far the strangest film I have ever seen uh, since I, years ago I watched this film called Eraserhead by David Lynch. I really like David Lynch. He's, I think he's a brilliant actor. He's a weird kind of guy. He's very quirky, uh, makes a lot of weird music too. Um, he's done some art and things like that, but he's also directed films. Um, Blue Velvet. Okay. Yeah, he's he's great. Got some wild hair. Um, he's he does have some wild hair. I'm kind of jealous. Um, Mulholland Drive, Blue Velvet, uh, Eraserhead, um, Lost Highway. Those are all uh, David Dune. Lynch. Dune. Can't forget Dune. Um, all po- very popular, um, renowned films. Uh, oh, he did the Elephant Man. Yeah, Elephant Man was oh. one of the first ones that he did. That was a weird one. Uh, Eraserhead's a weird, weird. Very strange film. What's it about? I've never seen it. I don't... I'll look it up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, honestly. Um, it's this guy... It's it's like not really a post-apocalyptic thing, but it, it takes place in another time. Um, and he's like a factory worker or something. And he's... Same sort of oh deal. Oh my god, the baby comes out a lizard creature? Yeah, it's a weird, weird deal with this baby. Um... It's just a very... It, Dude, their budget, $10,000. Yeah, it was very low. Um, the entire movie is in black and white. It's a very strange film. and They made, and they I, made $7 million. Yeah. The, I mean, it's a, it's a cult classic now. But this film, I'm thinking of anything's on Netflix. It's really good. Uh, my parents weren't as uh, akin to it. Not <laughs> they, surprised. They, they thought it was a little, maybe perhaps too far-fetched. I want to see um, this lizard child. My, my dad likes uh, weird... Uh, creepy movies like that. Uh, that oh kinda my make you god, think, it's so creepy! Look at it. Yeah, that baby's weird. Um, a lot of interesting stuff fish. about the special effects that they they did, uh, the, you know, makeup and things like that. They they did to make it. But oh my god, why is his head on the ground? It's a it's yeah, it's a weird film. Uh, they turn his head into an eraser, uh, hence the name of the film. It's at one point in the film that that's that's a thing that happens. What a but weird fucking movie. Check it out. It's on Netflix. I'm thinking of ending things. It's a Netflix original. Very very brilliant acting, phenomenal acting uh, by everyone in the film. I didn't recognize anyone except for that one character, who um, who plays that guy in Breaking Bad. I'm forgetting his name. I'm gonna look it up. Todd Alquist. He plays uh, Jesse Plemons. No. <laughs> Jesse Plemons, he plays Todd Aldquist. Um, actor's name is Jesse Plemons. He is in that movie. He did a really good job, too. It's a strange film. Makes you think. 
It's great. I recommend it. Really got uh, got high uh, ratings on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. too. So if you're if you're about movie ratings and only watch stuff that got a good rating, then it got a good rating. Check it out. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, I forgot about this band. It's called uh, it's a duo, electronic duo called Tennyson. Um, I used to listen to them a lot years ago, and I forgot about them. And then I just checked them out uh, today. Mm-hmm for the first time in a long time and listen to a lot of their new releases. They're still making music. Um, I, I wish I could remember their names right now, but it's uh, Tennyson. Like um, I think it was a poet or philosopher, Alfred Tennyson. Um, Why is that familiar? But it's these two people, they make electronic music. And uh, the last EP I remember listening to was uh, called like what in 2015. And they've since released um, three more EPs four more EPs since then. They plan to play shows uh, this year. They plan to go on tour in America's in Europe and, of course, got postponed and canceled because of COVID. Uh, but they're still making music. They still sound great. Um, I got a recommendation for you. Check out their EP released uh, last year called Different Water. It's got six tracks on it. My favorite is the last one, last track called Face the Night. Um, really, really cool band, uh, artist, duo, collab, whatever. Love the music. That's my music rack for this week. That's all I got to talk about. Sorry, I'm saving this for my yeah. drive home. Good stuff. <laughs> How about you? I don't have like a lot to update on. I found out that um, Marky Mark has a history of racial-fueled um, assaults. Who is Marky Mark? Mark Wahlberg. Mm. I know that was a nickname. That was his name when he was a rapper. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. You're joking. No. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I've never heard of that You've before. You've never heard of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I didn't know Mark Wahlberg was a rapper. He was also a model. Well, I could see that. But he was a rapper. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, Good he's, Vibrations. He's uh, Good Vibrations? The Beach Boy song? No. Hang on. <laughs> <clears throat> I know the Beach Boy song, Good Vibrations. He's a racist? He made, he had like a, his, I don't know if he's currently a racist. It's not like I can be like, Mark, how are you? Are you currently a racist? It's a former racist. Can't say I've heard that song. Really? Yeah, it's not ringing a bell. Very repetitive. I just want to get to the part where he raps. Oh. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I learned something today. <laughs> so I I don't know why um, I was looking up. Mar- oh, someone on Facebook made a post about... Um, it was like a post that was like, describe your dog's name without actually saying the dog's name. And her dog's name is Emma. Mm. And it said Mark Wahlberg's life giver. And I was like, oh, did his, is his mom named like Emma? Mm-hmm. So I went to look it up. I couldn't find anything on his parents, but I went to his Wikipedia and he has like a criminal background oh. of like, he, like he was 15. He and a group of kids like chased after these like 
African-American children calling them the N-word. And he, like, beat up two Vietnamese people in the same day and called them, like, derogatory slurms. 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 (laughs) Terms. Oh. Like, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Jeez. I know one of the Wahlbergers... Wahlburgers? Wahlburgers. Well, we've got a Wahlburgers. Yes, they're delicious. But one of the Wahlbergs lives in St. Charles. Yes. Uh, I forget which one it is. Um, But I think uh, his wife was pulled over a couple times when I was on shift one day. (laughs) A couple times. That's pretty funny. Uh, We got got one of the Wahlbergs again. That's when I found out that they lived here in St. Charles. It's funny. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I thought that was weird. That was like my weird thing I learned today. This is what you do when you wake up at like 10 a.m. and start googling and shit yep. like going on facebook it's usually what i do right before i go to bed so like, i don't have anything new to update in the apartment still got i mean i'm mostly unpacked i finally hung up with my clothes and shit like did you that. get like your uh shelves and cabinets and stuff yet not yet mm-hmm. not yet well you got all the time in the world so it's fine no rush uh nothing else though um wow we're boring this week it's okay well there's some stuff we talked about yeah that's true like marky mark all right let's get into it then this week the beer is called Sailor's Kush. Hmm. What a weird name. That is a weird name. It is from, oh, sorry, it's loading, Half Acre Beer Company. Heard of them? Yes. I've had their Daisy Cutter before. I have, They're yeah. from Chicago. Daisy Cutter is really good. That's right. They opened in 2007, and they are owned by Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel. No, there's not an eight. It's Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Megal, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. In March 2009, Half Acre Beer began production at its own brewery on Lincoln Avenue in North Center in the North Center neighborhood of Chicago. 2009? Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were that recent. Building upon their growing popularity, a taproom adjacent to the brew house opened in 2012. A 2013 Chicago Magazine annual poll named the Half Acre Taproom the city's eighth best bar. Wow. Due to its continued success. A kitchen was added in 2016 of January, completing the transition to a full-service brew pub. Nice. In 2015, the brewery expanded by opening a second larger brew house on Balmoral Avenue Mm. in the Lincoln Square neighborhood of Chicago. Balmoral. Balmoral? Balmoral. Approximately a mile and a half uh, from the Lincoln Avenue facility. I'm looking up this brew pub because I want to add to my list of places to visit. Lincoln Avenue. There it is. So I can, like, go there and eat food, yeah? Um, yeah. Oh, look at that. Ooh. I'm just really hungry. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> so, Sailor's Kush. Yep. A siren song to the hop totem. Sailor's Kush calls up English yeast with two-row Vienna pale malt and oats, plus two servings of Enigma, Equinox, Comet, Galaxy, Nelson, and Citra. Whoa. We're all at sea. Don't get the bends. It was released December 13th, 2019. So it is a pretty very, new. It's yeah, almost, very it's almost been out for a year. Yeah, not even a year. Yeah, right? It's crazy. Wow. I'm excited. On Beer Advocate, it has a score of 92, which is outstanding. Wow. Right? Isn't that always surprising? It is a IPA, an Imperial, and nice. the style is ranked 800 out of all Imperial IPAs. Okay. Its ABV is 8%. Its average score is 4.2. Nice. It's also a rotating beer, so it's seasonal. Oh, perfect. Now I got to go find my beer review that I it's have. It's nice you were able to find it. Oh, God, where was it? Oh, no. 
There it is. Okay. My beer review is from Jay Zellinger. He gave it a 4.31 out of 5. Mm-hmm. It was uh, canned on 9-30-20. I like when they include that. Mm. Appearance pours an opaque dark orange. It looks exactly like or- dark orange juice with dense fluffy white lacing. What's dark orange juice? I mean, just like if orange juice was darker, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh. What is wrong with you? <laughs> the smell? It was like a separate thing. They're like, do you guys have any dark orange juice here? I've heard about it. I don't like the light stuff. Okay? I don't like the light one. The nose is pungent and dank tropical fruit that smacks you in the nose. Dank. Nectarine, peach, guava, pineapple, and spicy fruit rind. Its taste is spicy tropical fruit from start to finish. Very bright, vibrant, juicy tropical fruit from start to finish. Mm. Apricot, lemon, lime, papaya, dank floral, peach, mango, peppery fruit rind, and leaves a lingering sweet oily orange over top of bitter, juicy floral and citrus that lingers for an incredibly long time. The ABV is completely hidden. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what M stands for. M? Yeah. Like the letter? Oh, it's it goes like appearance, so A, smell, oh, S. Oh, uh, probably mouthfeel? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I read the end. Big, pillowy, soft body with a small amount of spicy burn on the way down. Yeah. Mm. Very dry on the tongue. Mm. And then overall, this is a fantastic DIPA with lots of fruity complexity. It sounds very fruity. I'm very excited for it because it was such a, like, an 8% for the ABV. Mm. Um and I was like, oh, it's very fruity for an IPA. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the D-I-P-A, does that sound, stand for dank IPA? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he used There's dank so much. There's a lot so of dank. Much. Well, uh, I mean, it's Sailor's Kush. And, yeah, that's uh, true. Kush is often described as as the kids use the word Oh, what, what is, as the kids use. I'll grab the beer for you. Thank you very much. Gas cans. Mm. That is strong. That does smell good. That smells spicy. I like the art. Isn't it cool? It says keep beer cold. Why? Why does it say that? It's just a suggestion. Okay, I'm spilling. Even when I try, I get foam. <laughs> it did better than last. Time. I think the only time I do well is when I'm not being recorded. <laughs> Last week, I didn't even try. You just get so nervous. I do like, like how this smells. <laughs> Tip the whole can. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Pineapple. Oh, yeah. Right off the bat. Like, once you smell it in the, the glass. That is a lot of pineapple. What an interesting beer. I haven't even tasted it yet, and I'm kind of eager. I mean, I was going to say, I'd never heard of it before, but, I mean, because it's so new. Yeah. Double dry hopped, double... India Pale Ale. Double dry hopped, double IPA. Well, I imagine it to be very strong. I mean, not not even just talking about the ABV. I um, love the smell of pineapple in this. This is like, this smells so good. There's the very, the very frothy foam right up to the fucking edge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a wild man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I haven't even tasted it yet, and I'm... I'm pretty eager to try it. I'm uh, almost convinced that this is going to be one of my new favorite beers. Just... I love that optimism. Right? Want to clink? I love the color, too. Mm -hmm. He was right. Dark orange juice. Wow. Wow. 
That's I'm got, into that. That's got a lot of stuff going on. Oh, I like it though. That is the ABV is definitely hidden. Mm. That is unlike anything I think I've had before. I mean, yeah, you get you get a lot of the fruit, but there's also something else happening, and I yeah. can't describe it. It's I don't know. I feel like the review is pretty accurate. I like it. Yeah, very citrusy. Like you know when you burp and you can kind of taste like different parts of the beer. Mm-hmm. I can taste the guava when I burp. <laughs> like there's pineapple on the tongue and then guava in the. It's burp. got a nice guava burp to it. <laughs> I'm going to start writing beer advocate reviews, and I'm always going to include a burp section. <laughs> Taste. Taste, mouthfeel, yes, burp. burp. <laughs> That's the most important part. What did she get out of the burp? Um, I can agree with the dry part. Yes. But it's, I mean, it's sweet. For it having so many hops in it, and for it being a double hop mm. beer, not extremely hoppy. You can, I mean, you can taste everything, though. Oh, yeah. Um. All the fruit, it's all not the... Like, it's very equally balanced in what they wanted in the ingredients. The flowery type stuff the going on. The spicy fruit rind. Mm-hmm. And the smell is just perfect, too. This is a good freaking beer. This is an amazing beer. Damn. And this is... Um, you said it's seasonal? So it's seasonal to, what, autumn and winter? It just says rotating seasonal. It didn't really say when it was out. I'm guessing it's fall and winter. Hmm. Yep. Well, I was right. This is uh, definitely a favorite of mine. Huh. I mean, this is uh, uh, like Bat Squatch level, I'm thinking. This is my number one so far. Yeah, we should pull up and rate it. Mm-hmm. Like, when you hit that citrus note, like, when you swallow, it is so pleasant. Yep. And it does hang out. Mm-hmm. So. I should probably not be chugging this. It's... it's I mean, yeah, it, it's a it's a double IPA, but it is one of the easiest uh, to drink. I agree. It's not, there's no... Very pleasant. I would imagine if it's a little bit colder, I'd probably like it like, yes. a little bit more. Yeah. I didn't have that long, long a time to put it in the fridge. Still nothing wrong with it. No, I agree. With how much I don't like warm beer, uh, this was very pleasant. <laughs> and it's not that it's warm either. Um, Just a little did, bit warmer. It did spend a little bit of time in the fridge. but Well, I actually put it in the fridge before I left uh-huh. for a little bit. Um, but, you know, 30 minutes here. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Very, Love very, the color. very, very fruity. Just a very appealing beer overall from the cool. can uh, to the pour to the smell to the taste. It's got a lot going on and mm-hmm. everything is pretty much. It's spot on. I mean, blown out of the park. Really, I agree. Uh, this is my number one. Uh, You're going to so put it as number one? That makes uh, Tropical Bitch my number two. Do I have Tropical Bitch as my number one? You do. Put Tropical Bitch in the three for me. Uh, you have a Dead Guy as a three. Uh. So you want to still keep it before Dead Guy? Yeah. That would be Just a drop two. everything down. Okay. And I would give this one a two just because I'm not jumping the gun and putting anything at one. Okay. I think that pumpkin head's going to end up being ten. <laughs> Unless well, we try I mean, something we nasty. We will see, yeah. Um, Still got five more episodes. Oh, that beard's really good. I know, I dig it. Anyway. Anyway. I'll get into the background. I'm just going to I'm just gonna hold this beer because I'm going to sip it periodically. It. Sipping on it. Mm. So, um, I imagine your tie-in 
to Kraken was Sailor. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm smart. <laughs> I saw it and I was immediately like, oh, Kraken. I like that. Uh, I got it. Maybe I should do that next time. I just need I just need time to go out. It's just for me, it's so much easier to because we have this huge list of topics, pick a topic and then and then find a beer and I could just look on Benny's website, but I'll figure it out. It's fine. Personally, so, I like doing it this way because I don't have to be let down when they don't have the beer I want. That's that true. I worked so hard to find. That's true. I mean, well, I've never had uh, me personally. I've never had an issue with finding a beer on Benny's website and then not being able to get it constantly. Um, I don't know why it's been difficult for you, but um, I mean, I've I've driven to because some of the beers that we've had. They're not available anywhere near us. I've driven to like Algonquin. I've driven to Arlington Heights, Rolling Meadows. I've driven all over to different pennies, and I kind of like it. I've I'm, I like driving. I like road trips. I like many road trips to get something special, you know. Mm. Anyway, like the first road trip we went on together, the first and only road trip we went on together. Um, to get your guitar. Actually, there was. Uh, I love that day. That was a great day. Mm. I love this guitar too. That was um, fun. But there was a beer uh, I was looking at. I think it was last week's episode that I think it was Burlington, mm. Illinois. That's way south, too. That's kind yep. of like just east of Peoria, I think. But it's also pretty much the same distance south. And I was almost going to say, let's go get it. And be like, Paige, let's go on a road trip. Wake up early <laughs> Tuesday or Monday before we record. We'll drive down there, grab the beer, drive back. But it's like a two-hour drive, so... You know, I would have done it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think it really w- would have worked out f- on my end, unfortunately. But I'll, you know, I'll keep it in mind for future episodes. It's a oh, good beer. What the fuck? It is good beer. So the Kraken, mm-hmm. according to Scandinavian folk- f- folklore, folklore, doing great so far. Folklore. <laughs> Four words in. Killing it. According to Scandinavian folklore, the Kraken is a legendary cephalopod-type sea monster of enormous is it size. cephalopod or cephalopod? Cephalopod. I'm doing great. Are like you a little, a little tipsy? No, it's fine. I hate Captain Crunch. <laughs> it dwells off the coasts of Norway and Greenland, okay. harassing and tormenting passing sailors, according to the Norse sagas. The first reported mention of the Kraken was by an anonymous author of an old Norwegian natural History text circa 1250. Damn. Since then, many reports and sightings continued near and around the coasts of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Iceland, among others. Yeah. The Kraken, widely debated as fictional and the subject of myth, is still widely circulated throughout sailors' superstition and mythos. It is also present in popular culture in the form of film, literature, TV, and video games. I do remember it from Pirates of the Caribbean. It wasn't that, yep. And it was terrifying in that movie. I um, it was all teeth. E- even though it is a uh, cryptid, I actually believe in the kraken. You do. I do. I would like to. Well, I um, mean, I believe that it's based off of giant squids. <laughs> I believe. I would like to believe in uh, like the gigantic octopus or the kraken or. I, that, I, would you call it an octopus or a squid, or maybe an amalgamation of the two? Probably. That would be the closest thing. I forget the difference between an octopus and a squid. Um, completely different bodies. Oh. Octopus has the rounded head area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Squid's, Squid's got the... the aerodynamic yeah. looking one. Yep. I also that's think they right. have different number of legs. I think that's right, too. But 
Yeah, I would like to. I would like to believe in the Kraken. I think it's a thing. I think it's cool just because, and we'll get into it, just because we still have so much to, I'm saying we like I'm a scientist, but the scientists and researchers have so much left to discover. Oh, of the ocean just in general? Just, yeah, they do. Yeah, the ocean and then especially deep sea. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, that's down there. It's it's difficult uh, for that kind of research. So they're still discovering things. There's still life out there that we have not discovered that lives at the, bo- at the bottom of the ocean. Um, I would like to believe in it. I know it's likely not true, but I would I like to believe in it. So the etymology of the word uh, kraken is taken from the modern Scandinavian languages originating from the Old Norse word kraki, K-R-A-K-I. Weird. Uh, in both Norwegian and Swedish, uh, krake, it's spelled K-R-A-K-E, but it's uh, pronounced uh, kroke, Ooh. is a word designating an unhealthy animal or something twisted, similar to the English word crook. Uh, Google Translate actually translates kroke to weakling. So crook or a weak animal or something. In German, kraka or kraken means octopus, but can also refer to the legendary creature as well. It is also an old Norwegian word for octopus and an old euphemism in Swedish for whales. Uh, Kroken was used when the original word for whale became too taboo as it was believed to uh, summon them when people said it, which I thought was strange. Just say that in the middle of your living room. If you say the word whale in Swedish, it will summon one. So people started saying kroken. Since the 18th century, kraken have been depicted in a variety of ways, typically as large octopus-like creatures, most resembling the giant squid. It's also sometimes depicted to have spikes on its suckers. In the earliest descriptions, the creatures were actually more crab-like. Um, and I, this is the cue in my notes to show you photos. Yes, please. So I pulled these uh, off Twitter. This is at Norse Myth Tweets. At Norse Myth Tweets. Um, this was just a... Oh, please don't kick your beer over. I would have been so sad. Oh, boy. Just a um, collection of unrelated like a, photos. A crab. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty weird. Lobster monster. Um, we'll talk about this one, too, where it kind of resembles like an island. Oh, I can um, see that. That's cool. I like that idea. And then this is like size. Sure. So like giant squid, colossal squid. Isn't it wild how gigantic the colossal squid is? It's insane. And then this one uh, was just another sketch or drawing. Ooh, I like that one. I what it looks like. Yeah, cool. pretty, pretty neat. I don't like the ones where they have like arms. Oh, yeah. I yeah, like yeah. the ones when they mostly resemble fish. Right. So uh, there's a photo we'll put up on the website. It Earlier representations were more crab-like. Uh, I have a Weird. quote here. The kraken, originally described as a crab creature with a body so large it was mistaken for an island, it would sink ships not from using its arms, but with the whirlpool following in its giant wake. It's known to attract many fish. Good hauls meant it was nearby. It's transformed over... Into an octopus or squid over the years, maybe due to inspiration from the giant or colossal squid, which we'll talk about. This version is said to have spikes on its arms instead of suckers, able to sink the biggest ships on the ocean. Uh, more modern depictions resemble a large octopus or squid. I've got a few more photos. Um, I'll put these in order. So this is... a. Uh, that's kind of small, but it's... Oh, I've seen that one. I like yeah, that one. It's pretty neat. And then there's, uh, yeah, that one. This is actually... Um, that one looks more like an octopus. 
Just it's like a, a giant octopus. It's a picture. It's by uh, this guy, Russell Marks, on ArtStation, a website called ArtStation. I wanted yeah. to credit him. Russell Marks actually made that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a cool photo. Very impressive. A cool uh, painting. That's a huge ship. And then I really like the... Um, you'll run into these photos where it's just depicted as this massive, otherworldly, like, godlike being. Like, it's just insane mm. to me, like, looking at pictures like this and just imagining... If the Kraken was real... Mm-hmm. which you choose to believe he is. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine what other creatures would exist in the ocean then? Because the ocean is massive. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and there's definitely many more arguments against... Like he could not have no predators. Right. There's definitely a lot, many more arguments against its existence, which I uh, because acknowledge. Even, even sharks can be killed by like killer whales. Right. Um, I know it's most likely not a thing, but I liked, I liked, I liked, I, liked I understand. <laughs> but that, that picture in particular is really I would cool. say out of any cryptid, I would, you know, be down. I like ocean creatures more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe in bug, uh, bugfoot. Bugfoot. <laughs> bugfoot. <laughs> what, what would it be? Bugfit. <laughs> Bigfoot. But mm-hmm. I would like for like ocean cryptids to be real just because out of everything god the ocean is so like it's, vast it's and cool. unknown and there's a lot a uh, lot more room for believability uh because of that exactly because we don't really know what's down there i feel like so. i'm trying to remember i feel like there was a comparison that someone said that our lack of knowledge of the ocean is comparable to our lack of knowledge of space Ooh. well i mean the ocean is obviously finite yes uh, whereas space is not but uh i can definitely see the lack of knowledge behind it but also i love how there's a comparison also that octopus are like aliens right i've heard that before too and just to think of like this massive kraken who could be like an alien species Mm -hmm. that just dwells in the deep kind of like um and we'll probably do an episode about this in the future of the uh, loch ness monster uh, I would like to believe that that also exists. Really? However, there has been a, like complete exploration, deep dive exploration of Loch Ness. Yeah. And there's nothing in there. But I would like to. I'd what like if it went believe. on land every now and then and hid? <laughs> Just kind of hangs I'd out for a little bit. I'd love it if Nessie bit. was real. Right. I would too. And that's, I, I think I would agree with you. I, um, as In the world of all the cryptids, I, there's a little more believability in the ones that exist in the water. I would agree. So, there's uh, quite a bit of history uh, to do with the Kraken. Um, I didn't include everything, but I've got a few quotes and some summaries here. So, as I touched on previously, the first known mention of the Kraken was in the Old Norwegian. Um, and I, I included how to say all this. I'm still going to butcher it. No, um, you got this. Kunungs Skutsia. Kunungs Skutsia. That wasn't bad. It means the king's shadow. Kunungs kind of badass. It, and it was referenced in this uh, text. The author described in detail the physical characteristics and feeding behavior of these beasts. Quote, there is a fish that is still unmentioned, which it is secretly, sorry, scarcely advisable to speak about on account of its size, hmm. because it will seem to most people incredible. Sure. There are only very few who can speak upon it clearly, because it is seldom near land nor appears where it may be seen by fishermen. And I suppose there are not many of this sort of fish in the sea. Most often in our tongue, we call it hafgufa. H-A-F-G-U-F-A. Can you imagine if they're like, 
would you imagine that as a species, like multiple kraken? That's what they 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 weren't entirely sure of. But I think one of these texts mentions there can be no more than two of them, hmm. uh, I think. So it continues, nor can I conclusively speak about its length in elves because the times he has shown before men, he has appeared more like land than like a fish. Neither have I heard that one had been caught or found dead. And it seems to me as though there must be no more than two in the oceans. Hmm. And I deem that each is unable to reproduce uh, itself for i believe that they are always the same ones then too neither would it do for other fish if the hafgufa were of such a number as other whales on account of their vastness and how right. much substance that they need it is said to be the nature of these fish that sustenance when... or sustenance it says subs subsist oh subsistence oh subsistence sorry that they need it is said to be the nature of these fish that when one shall desire to eat, then it stretches up its neck with a great belching, and following this belching comes... Sustenance. No, subsist subsistence. It's got a B in it. Oh, the action or fact of maintaining or supporting oneself at a minimal level. Subsistence. Subsistence. That's weird. Yep, never heard of that word either. Me it's either. <laughs> I just included it in the quote. It is said to be the nature of these fish that one will that when one shall desire to eat, then subsistence. It, subsistence. Okay. Thanks, Google. <laughs> then it stretches up its neck with a great belching, and following this belching comes forth much food, so that all kinds of fish that are near to hand will come to present location. Then will gather together, both small and large, believing they shall obtain their food and good eating. But this great fish lets its mouth stand open the while, and the gap is no less wide than that of a great sound or bite, and nor the fish avoiding running together there in their great numbers. But as soon as its stomach and mouth is full, then it locks together its jaws and has the fish all caught and enclosed hmm. that before greedily came there is looking for food. Um, a lot of that did not sound like English because it was very old, uh, a very old text. I was just reading it verbatim. I thought you did pretty good. Thank you. You're welcome. This beer is really good. It is. Are you done? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Just taking a quick break. Taking was, a breather. That was a lot to read. In the 13th century old Icelandic saga, Orvar uh, Oder, an anonymous Icelander recounts their journey to Heluland. Today, it's uh, Baffin Island. It's the largest island in Canada on the East Coast. Hmm. The team ventures through the Greenland Sea and encounters two, gi two gigantic <laughs> encounters two <laughs> gigantic sea monsters. There you go. <laughs> which they name Hafgufa, yes, which means sea mist, Ooh. and Linkbar. Link Linkbakar. I didn't include a pronunciation that one. Linkbakar. L Y N G B A K R, hmm. which means leatherback. Lignanbar. Lingbakar was <laughs> reported to the largest. Uh, reported to be the largest whale in the world, while Hafgufa was reported to be the largest monster in the sea. Hafgufa is believed to be a reference to the Kraken, whereby the monster mimics an island and lures sailors into its reach. Hmm. Famous Swedish 18th century naturalist, Carl Linnaeus, known as the father of modern taxonomy, Ooh. he created binomial nomenclature. So the whole genus species thing, oh. it's this guy, Carl Linnaeus. Uh, he included the Kraken in his first edition of his systematic natural catalog, giving it the scientific name Microcosmos. Hmm. Microcosmos. Now, today, Microcosmos refers to a genus of uh, tunicates, uh, which are like, they're called sea squirts. They're those colorful tubular things. 
like uh, from SpongeBob, the you know conical tubular, oh, sure, sure. see things that are uh, stagnant and don't move. Uh, blah, blah, blah. In 1802, French malacologist, which is someone who studies mollusks, there's a name for it, malacologist. Pierre Montfort recognized the existence of two different types of octopus, giant octopus. He claimed the first type, the Kraken octopus, had been described by Norwegian sailors and American whalers. The much larger second type, the colossal octopus, was reported to have attacked a sailing vessel from St. Malo off the coast of Angola, which is a uh, coastal West African city. The colostopus. <laughs> yes, the colostopus. <laughs> oh, gosh. Montfort later dared more sensational claims. He proposed that 10 British warships, which had mysteriously disappeared one night in 1782, must have been attacked and sunk by giant octopuses. Yes, obviously. The British, however, knew, courtesy of a survivor from one of the ships, that the ships had been lost in a hurricane off the coast of Newfoundland in September 1782, resulting in a disgraceful revelation for Montfort. Embarrassing. Poor Montfort. Sorry, Montfort. Uh, as I touched upon, the Kraken appears in popular culture quite a bit, and this is also a section on Wikipedia, which is why I included it. Multiple characters have been named uh, Kraken in DC and Marvel Comics. Apparently, really, and uh, yeah, I didn't huh. uh, include those uh, uh, mentions, but you can look them up. Apparently, in the 1910s and 20s, the Kraken was often portrayed using stock footage of an octopus in a bathtub attacking a toy ship. Okay, now I have to look this up. Uh, it appears in both uh, the 1981... Oh, wait, hold on. No, that's separate. So, I didn't include the... Let me see. I, I could probably find it here. I just... I want to find the video of the octopus attacking a toy ship. Okay, so here's the bullet point that I uh, essentially stole from. In silent films of 1910s and 20s, often portrayed using stock footage of octopus bathtub, this footage first appeared in uh, Georges Amelais... 1906 film Under the Seas and mm. it was recycled in many other films. So I looked this up. You can find it on YouTube if you search up his name, uh, George Millet, uh, and then Under the Seas. I bet if you just search Under the Seas 1920 film, it's 10 minutes. It's a silent film. Uh, it's only 10 minutes long. I was trying to look through it. I didn't really see a kraken. There was a giant fish like creature that was like opening and closing its jaws which maybe was an early representation of the Kraken. It didn't really look like a Kraken, so I didn't include that in my notes, but if you're so inclined to look it up. Uh, continuing, it appears in both 1981 and 2010's Clash of the Titans. In the film Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, in 2006, the Kraken is an enormous cephalopod-like sea monster. It does the bidding of Davy Jones by pursuing the souls of men yes. who bear the black spot, a mark that appears on men who are overdue on their debt to Jones. It appears in Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, where it has been beached and killed. Was it in the end of that? that that's I don't a, remember that. I haven't seen... I haven't seen these movies in forever. At World's End. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's novel, The Call of the Cthulhu, The Call of Cthulhu, written in 1926, has been inspired by Alfred Tennyson's... Uh, he's a poet, British poet... Uh, inspired by a sonnet, 
Both reference a huge aquatic creature sleeping for an eternity at the bottom of the ocean and destined to emerge from his slumber in an apocalyptic age. Kraken, plural, appears in Artemis Fowl, appears in a Artemis Fowl book. My sister loved Artemis Fowl when she was a kid. I never read it. Um, I know it was very popular when I was in high school, possibly even middle school, but I never checked out any of the books, unfortunately. It's not a very good picture of it from the freaking movie. Uh, I, I mean, I bet if you look up um, octopus in a bathtub, octopus in bathtub attacking ship. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't look too much into it, but I did look up the film and I didn't really see it. But um, Kraken is a song by Leslie Fish based on Tennyson's sonnet. And I included that bullet point just because her last name is Fish. And I think it's funny. Kraken Fish, they both live in the water. Sheldon in The Big Bang Theory, mentions Krakens in a few episodes. Uh, the Kraken makes an appearance in a, a Geico commercial. It does? It does. Looks like we have some sort of sea monster in the water hazard here. I believe that's a Kraken, Bruce. Looks like he's going to go with the nine iron. That may not be enough club. Well, he's definitely going to lose his stroke on this hole. If you're a golf commentator, you whisper. It's what you do. Oh. What a weird commercial. <laughs> this golf course is electric. This golf course is electric. I may have found it. You may have found it? I may have found it. Uh, the Kraken also makes an appearance in a Family Guy episode, which I have not seen, I don't think. Uh, it's also been in several video games, and I'll list a few. Battlefield 1, Call of Duty Ghosts, Earthbound, Fable, The Lost Chapters, Final Fantasy, Gods of War 2. Sorry, God of War 2. Kerbal Space Program. Old School RuneScape. I didn't find it. Sea of Thieves. The Sims 3, Island Paradise. Tomb Raider Underworld. And World of Warcraft. Where is it in World of Warcraft? I looked it up because um, I had never run into it before um, in my time of playing. But it's just um, just south of uh, Hrothgar's Landing, which is, uh, you know, Northrend from uh, Lich King. Hrothgar's Landing is, like, very top of the continent. There's a little island. Now we got to go see it. Uh, we can visit it right now. We yeah. need to. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. It's still a... Uh, you ever get calls from these guys? All the time. I yeah. saved them into my phone because... So I know it was them. They call me nonstop. I'm getting a call from Heartland Blood Center. And I understand the importance of donating blood. Um, but I do it on my own accord. <laughs> You won't coerce me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but they are just <laughs> relentless uh, with calling. And I'm type O positive, so they need my blood. Oh, you are? I am. O positive. Zach, can I borrow your blood? <laughs> oh, you just... Hold on, we got to watch something now. Uh, yeah, it's in World of Warcraft. Huh. Okay, well, we'll definitely visit that. Mm -hmm. in, uh, as soon as we're done here. Yes, as soon as we are finished here. Uh, I'm almost finished with my start, okay. my, my part too. So cool. I just have an article to read, and then we're done. Uh, Magic: The Gathering features a Kraken on a card. Not surprising. Um, I really want to play that game again. I played it for a little bit. I, I want to get have, into D and D. I still have a deck. Um, I have a friend who plays D and D. I want to get into D and D as well. I played DDO for a while. That was fun. That's the, the online game. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Speak of features the Kraken as an endgame boss. It's the name of a steel floorless roller coaster in SeaWorld Orlando. Uh, the Kraken Rum is a ninety proof, a ninety four proof rum manufactured in the Caribbean. Definitely heard of that. I want to get a hold of this rum. I think I've had it before. It's pretty good. Um, it's the name of a Razor headphone line too. 
Never heard of that. Um, I think the one I have might be a Kraken. Uh, Kraken Tournament Edition? I don't know. Um, and it's also the name of an NHL expansion team. Huh. Uh, and then lastly, I'm going to talk about um, kind of where the fable or legend of the Kraken comes from. So there's three different things. There's the gigantic octopus, there's the giant squid, and then there's the colossal squid. So I'll start with the first one. The gigantic octopus is a, uh, actually a broader term for cryptids depicted as sea monsters, including the Caribbean Luska and the uh, Ainu, which is an East Asian ethnic group indigenous to Japan, the uh, Akurokamui, or Akurokamui. So there's multiple um, cryptid octopus type cephalopod type sea monsters not only the kraken there's a few others and the gigantic octopus kind of just refers to all of them the giant squid which is um oh god there's latin here um you got this uh architeatis dukes yep that's it architeatis dukes i don't know if you knew this but i speak latin uh, i included pronunciations in there too <laughs> so i was gonna Sound fuck it, up. it out architeatis dukes it's a deep ocean dwelling squid. They are a prime example of deep sea giganticism. Hmm. Gi- gigantism. Gigantism. Uh, which is the tendency for species of invertebrates and other deep sea dwelling animals to be larger than their shallower water relatives. Proposed explanations for this type of gigantism include colder temperature, food scarcity, reduced predation uh, pressure, and increased dissolved oxi- oxygen concentrations in the deep sea. Huh. So. I guess the theory that animals that exist in the deep sea naturally just become larger and larger, which I think is super cool, um, which is also another reason why I believe in the Kraken. Hmm. The average size of the giant squid is 33 feet for males and 39 feet for females. That's fucking, fucking Isn't it crazy huge. that females tend to be bigger mm-hmm. in a lot of species of animals that and less intriguing. colorful? That is intriguing. Um, Doesn't that show you who the alpha species is? I mean, you're right, 100%. Some of the largest have been measured at 43 feet for males and God 59 feet damn. for females. Um, I don't want to get fucked up with a squid, man. That That's is crazy. Outrageous. It is still unknown if multiple species of the giant squid exist. There sure. may be as many as eight or as few as one. That is They're a not sure. very large. Yep. Yeah, wow. <laughs> there may sure. be one, but there also could be eight. There also could be eight. They don't, I mean, people don't run into them very often, obviously. I mean, how would you? Just going for a walk in the deep sea, <laughs> casual-like. Uh, there exists a popular depiction of a giant squid locked in battle with a sperm whale. So oh, I remember that. That photo, yeah, that picture, painting, whatever it is. Uh, fun fact, the squid is actually the whale's prey and not an equal combatant. Yep. So sperm whales feed on these squids. Oh, yeah. And then lastly, the colossal squid, which is uh, more Latin, Mezonicutiotis, Mezonicutiotis. Mesonicotiotis emiltoni is the largest squid species in terms of mass and largest known invertebrate, reaching at least 1,091 pounds, some over 1,300 to 1,500 pounds. Damn. Uh, the maximum total length has been estimated to be 33 to 46 feet. Look up how big a sperm whale is, because the blue whale is the largest whale um, out of all whales, and it's about like... The sperm whale? The blue whale. The blue whale, yes. Is the biggest yes. whale. But look up how big the sperm whale is because I want to compare it to mm-hmm. a blue whale. Because the blue whale's mass is anywhere from 110,000 to 330,000 for an adult. And in the wild, they live for 80 to 90 years. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, blue whales are insane. They're huge. Um, they get to about 82 feet, for a female at least. There's a website you reminded me of. Let me see if I could find it. So here's a here's a sperm whale, and there's the blue whale. They're huge, man. It's uh, essentially twice the size. Um, but don't sperm whale have teeth? I, I think they do. I think they have large teeth. Yeah, they have rows of teeth, which I think is what inspired Moby Dick. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Um, I think I... Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, it's, it sucks because it looks like the website is uh, down oh. or no longer a thing anymore. What is the website? Um, it's from... It's like wdcs.co.uk. I don't know. It's some... I remember seeing it on... There was this website that had a bunch of random links and stuff like that. Um, but there's this article that talks about it. Essentially what the website was, it was a flash thing, and it put the blue whale on your screen. Uh-huh. Um, basically as if you were looking at it in real life. So Ooh. generally, most of the time when you pulled up this website, all you would see is just its eye. Oh, that's so scary. That just filled the screen. And you'd be able to scroll through this website to just see how enormous this blue whale was. It's like being up and close uh, with a blue whale on your computer. Um, and essentially, I mean, the eye itself takes up most of the screen as soon as you load it. And then you start scrolling and you can see the rest of the whale. It's just ridiculous. It's supposed to be like the realistic depiction of its size. Sure. Yeah, they're they're insane. Uh, blue whales are super cool. I love those animals because they're the biggest animals that exist. Uh, a lot to like about them. Where was I? Uh, maximum total length of that colossal squid, 33 to 46 feet. The species was first discovered in the form of two arm crowns found in the stomach of a sperm whale in the winter of uh, 1924 to 1925. Hmm. In 1981, a Soviet-Russian troller, actually, I don't know what that is and included, in troller? the Ross Sea, off the coast of Antarctica, caught a large squid with a total length of over 13 feet, which was later identified as an immature female. This is a significant discovery, for it would not be until 2003 that another full individual was discovered. In 2003, a complete specimen of a subadult female was found near the surface with a total length of 20 feet and a mantle length of 8 feet 2 inches. In 2005, the first full alive specimen was captured in a depth of 5,331 feet, while taking a toothfish from a long line off South Georgia Island. Um, it's a toothfish. I, I think it's a, another type of fish, but I, I wanted to Wow, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> but a lot of the times when sailors and fishermen encounter these uh, colossal squids and giant squids, it's because they're fishing. And when they fish... Yeah, there you go. It's a big when, boy. when they fish and they catch a fish... Um, a squid will sometimes go after that fish to feed on it, and that's when they encounter these. So that's probably what the, what happened here. Although the mantle was not brought aboard, its length was estimated uh, to be over 8 feet 2 inches, and the tentacles measured 7 feet 7 inches. The animal is thought to have weighed between 330 and 440 pounds. Wow, that's real. What the hell is that? What is that? Poorly photoshopped squid. Oh, oh gosh, I can see it. The largest recorded specimen was a female captured February 2007 by a New Zealand fishing boat also in the Ross Sea near Antarctica. 
The squid was close to dead when it was captured and subsequently was taken back to New Zealand for scientific study. The specimen was initially estimated to measure about 33 feet, 33 feet in total length and weigh about 992 pounds. The squid turned out to actually weigh 1,091 pounds. And that's the heaviest um, colossal squid that's ever been recorded. Big boy. There are some to be estimated uh, heavier than that. And then my last thing is um, this cool little segment. I'm going to read verbatim from Wikipedia. Sure. It's the defrosting and dissection of a specimen, April and... uh, April through May 2008. So, thawing and dissection of the specimen took place at uh, the Museum of New, Ze- New Zealand's Te Papa Tongarewa. Whoa. AUT biologist Steve O'Shea um, and a few others uh, assisted in the process. Media reports suggested scientists at the museum were considering using a giant microwave to defrost the squid because thawing it at room temperature would take several days and would likely begin to decompose on the outside while the core remained frozen. However, they later, later opted for the more conventional approach of thawing the specimen in a bath of salt water. After thawing, it was found that the specimen was 495 kilograms with a mantle length of 2.5 meters. I think this is the one that I just des- described. Um, and that is the uh, largest known specimen. So it is currently on display at the Museum of New Zealand's Te Papa Tongarawa. Uh, they began displaying the specimen in, ex- in an exhibition that opened on 13th of December 2008. However, the exhibition was closed in 2018 and slated to return in 2019. They didn't think they were going to bring it back. However, the exhibition is now open again for public viewing at Te Papa. Te Papa. So if you visit the Museum of New Zealand Te Papa. Te Papa. You can see the largest known uh, observed colossal squid. And that's my segment. Okay. I was just waiting for some indication. <laughs> like, Sorry, the, uh, are you okay? That was a lot. Um, but I got I actually got really into this. Um, again, some about deep sea dwelling cryptids. That, yeah, uh, they're cool. They are cool. A lot of, pretty much anything in the sea is cool. So For centuries. Centuries. For centuries. <laughs> For centuries. <laughs> Maui. For centuries. <laughs> gotta, we gotta watch that. Oh my god, can mm-hmm. we watch it? I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Good movie. For centuries, fishermen from Norway and Greenland have told tales of a terrifying sea monster, the Kraken. Supposedly, this vast creature has giant tentacles that can pluck you from your boat and drag you to the depths of the ocean. You can't see it coming because it lurks deep beneath you in the dark water. But if you suddenly find yourself catching a great many fish, you should flee. The Kraken might be beneath you, scaring the fish towards the surface. Mm -hmm. In 1857, the Kraken began to move from myth to reality. Thanks to the Danish naturalist Japetis Strunstrup, Nice. He examined a lo- <laughs> nice. That was good. <laughs> he examined a large squid beak about eight centimeters, three inches across, that had washed up on Denmark shores several years earlier. Originally, he could only guess at the overall size of the animal, but soon he was sent parts of another specimen from the Bahamas. When Strunstrip, Steenstrip, whatever, finally published his findings, he concluded that the kraken was real, and it was a species of giant squid. He named it. <laughs> Did you like my face? Okay, brace for this. Arcathuis ducks. I I, I freaking I mentioned that one. Let me see it. I think it's Arch Archetutes ducks. What the fuck is that? 
Blen. I don't know. <laughs> Meaning ruling squid in yep. Latin. Only after Stuntrup had described the creature could scientists begin to unravel whether there was any truth to the old myths. Whether this huge squid really is dangerous... Was this huge squid really as dangerous as the legends had led to believe? Mm-hmm. Where did it come from? And what was it up to in the dark depths of the sea? What are you up to, Craig? Oh, what are you what doing? doing? What do you do day to day? What's your grocery list like? The Kraken has held a grip on people's imaginations for hundreds of years. The Norwegian writer Eric Pontebu, 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 described one in detail in his 1755 book, The Natural History of Norway, which you mm. went over. Mm-hmm. There's a quote from the book, sail too close and the Skyla, Skyla, would try to eat you. Hmm. Skyla? Sila? Sure. Its grasping tentacles are only part of the problem. After this monster has been on the surface of the water a short time, it begins to slowly sink again. And then the danger is as great as before because the motion of his sinking causes such a swell in the sea and such an eddy or whirlpool that Hmm. it draws everything down with it. Different cultures had different names for similar-sounding monsters. Greek mythology describes the Skyla, Skyla, a six-headed sea goddess who ruled the rocks on one side of a narrow strait. Still, sail too close and she would try to eat you. In Homer's The Odyssey, Odysseus mm. was forced to sail close to Skyla, Skyla, Scylla, to avoid an even worse monster. As a result, six of his men were lost to her, who swung them up onto her cliff and bolted them down raw. I didn't know it was mentioned in the Odyssey. Cool. Even science fiction writers have gotten uh, have gotten on the act. In Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, Jules Verne describes a giant squid that is distinctly kraken-like. It could entangle a ship of five thousand tons and bury it into the abyss of the ocean. So, does the real giant squid live up to its legendary counterparts? Since Stein strips, Stein strips, mm-hmm. initial discovery, about twenty-one more species of giant squid have been discovered. Really. Hmm. None were from live animals, but rather from parts or occasionally whole specimens specimens mm-hmm. washed up on shore. The spears hit me. <laughs> this is what you get for only eating a cheese stick yep. and Pringles. It is, uh, it is strong. 8%. Even now, nobody is even sure how big giant squid can grow. For example, in 1933, a new species called A. Clarke, 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 was described by Guy Colburn Robson. Oh, Guy. Oh, Guy. From a near-intact specimen found on a beach in Yorkshire, England. It was referable to none of the species here hitherto described. I've never had to use that word. Hitherto? I've never had to use hitherto in a <laughs> sentence. But was so badly disintegrated that Robinson could not even determine its sex. Others have been described after they were found inside the bellies of sperm whales, which evidently ate them. They be mm. eaten. They be eaten. Giant squid are thought to grow to a length of 13 or even 15 meters, including their tentacles. One estimate suggested that they could reach 18 meters, but that could be a serious overestimate, says John Ablett of the Natural History Museum in London. That's because squid tissue can act like rubber in the midday sun. So when a squid washes up and dries out, it can stretch out. Mm. It's telling that even now, nobody is even sure how big giant squid can grow. Whole specimens are hardly ever found due to the squid's elusive nature. They spend much of their time at death of death <laughs> at depths of 400 to 1000 meters that may be partly an attempt to stay behind beyond the reach of hungry sperm whales but it's partially it's a partial success at best. The whales are perfectly capable of diving to such depths. Right. And a giant squid is almost defenseless against them. The squid does have one advantage. Its eyes are the largest of any animal. 
Right. They are as big as dinner plates, up to 27 meters, 11 inches across. That's crazy. These giant peepers are thought to have evolved <laughs> especially to spot the whales at great distances, giving the squid time to take evasive action. In turn, giant squid prey upon fish, crustaceans, and smaller squid, all of which have been discovered in the stomachs of those analyzed. One giant squid even turned out to have the remains of other giant squid in its stomach, suggesting that they sometimes resort to cannibalism, although it's not clear how often. Mm -hmm. The squid look like they should have no problem catching prey. They have two long tentacles that could grab their victims. They also have eight arms covered with dozens of suction cups lined with horny rings with sharp teeth. If an animal gets snared by enough of these suction cups, it could never escape, says Clyde, Clyde Roper. A retired giant squid hunter. I want that title. <laughs> at the Smithsonian Institution in Washington. This sounds like a terrifying ordeal, but none of it is proof that giant squids are active predators. Some big killers, such as sleeper sharks, move slowly to conserve their energy. They only scavenge for food when it presents itself. In theory, giant squids might do the same. The idea was blown out of the water in 2004, determined to observe a giant live squid in the wild, Tsunami Kubadaro, Kubadero of the National Science Museum in Tokyo, teamed up with whale expert Kiyochi Mori. Together, they used the known locations of sperm whales as guides and snapped a photo of a live giant squid near the Akasuara <laughs> Islands in the North Pacific. Kubadero, Kubadero, and Mori. And Mori <laughs> just, just <giving> up. <laughs> lured the giant squid with bait and discovered that it attacked horizontally by stretching out its tentacles in front of it. Once the squid had caught something, its tentacles coiled into an irregular ball in much the same way that pythons rapidly enveloped their prey within coils of their body immediately after striking, according to their report. Here's one of the first photos of a giant live squid. Damn. Eight years later... Cubadero, Cubadero, went one better. Working with a film crew, he captured the first video footage of a giant squid. The key to this, according to team member, member Edith Witter of the Ocean Research and Conservation Association in Fort Pierce, Florida, was stealth. She suspected that the electric thrusters that power most submersible cameras were scaring away the squid. Instead, she came up with a contraption called Medusa, a battery-operated camera attached to a lure. Medusa emitted a blue light designed to mimic the light produced by a crown jellyfish called Atola. Hmm. When this jellyfish comes under attack, it uses its light to lure any big creatures lurking nearby to swoop in and attack the attacker. Hmm. Neat, right? The footage from the first eight-hour dive was largely blank. But during the second attempt, the enormous arms of a giant squid suddenly flashed up on the screen. We were screaming our heads off, says hmm. Witter. The squid only took small, delicate bites. After a few more tries, they saw the squid in full and watched its arms wrap around the whole camera platform. It precisely aimed for the place where a predator would have been, confirming that it was indeed an active predator. To further entice the squid, Cubadero dropped down a smaller squid as bait. He and two others then spent 400 hours in a cramped submarine to get more footage and see the creature with their own eyes. A giant squid did attack, but the bait wasn't shredded the way you would have thought. Says Witter, the squid fed for 23 minutes, but it only took very small, delicate bites with its parrot-like beak, hmm. gradually munching away. Witter thinks that giant squid cannot gobble their prey down quickly because they might choke. Hmm. 
Giant squid are clearly not quite the scary monsters that have been painted as. They have been painted as. They only attack their direct prey, and Roper believes they are not naturally aggressive to human beings. As far as we can tell, they are more like gentle giants, says Roper, who calls them magnificent creatures. Oh. Though they have been known for over 150 years, we still know almost nothing about their daily behavior or social patterns, eating habits, or where they travel in a typical day or year. As far as we know, they are solitary animals, but their social lives remain mysterious. We don't even know where or how often they mate. We can't properly extrapolate from smaller squids, whereas in most cephalopods, the males have a modified arm for storing sperm, which they break off. (laughs) Male giant squid have an external penis up to one meter long. Whoa. Me too. (laughs) In a bid to uncover their mysterious mating habits, two Australian researchers analyzed several female giant squid in 1997. Their findings suggest that giant squid mating is a violent scattergun business. Oh, gosh. They concluded that the male uses his muscular and elongated penis to inject packets of sperm called (laughs) spermetaphors directly into the arms of females, leaving shallow wounds. Later studies suggest that the spermatophorus do this partly of their own accord, using enzymes to break through the female's skin. It's unknown how females access the sperm to fertilize their eggs. She might rip her skin open with her beak, or the skin covering it may break down and release the sperm. What is clear is that the giant squid are very successful at producing offspring. Mm. They seem to live in every ocean, apart from the polar regions, and their population must surely be large if they can satisfy the cravings of so many sperm whales. There are probably millions of them out there. Hmm. Witter says humans have clearly been exploring the deep ocean in a way that scares them off, or we would have seen more of them. What's more, it emerged last year that all 21 species described since 1857 actually belong to the same species. A study of the DNA sequences from 43 tissue samples taken from around the world showed that what seemed to be separate species were all freely interbreeding. This may be because young squid larvae are transported all around the oceans in powerful currents. That would explain why giant squid living on opposite sides of the planet can be genetically identical. Mm-hmm. Albert says that the mistake is understandable, as so many of the supposed species were originally described from incomplete parts. The entire world's population of giant squid may have evolved from a relatively recent population expansion after a preceding population crash. Nobody knows what caused their population to shrink. The only genetics, the genetics only tell us that the population began growing sometime between 110,000 and 730,000 years ago. So if the squid is not a true monster of the deep, are there any other contenders? The colossal squid, first described in 1925, looks like a promising candidate for a gigantic sea monster. Yep. It might grow even larger than giant squid. The largest specimen ever captured was eight meter, was only eight meters long, but it seems to have been young, so it may not have reached its full length. Instead of teeth on its suckers, it has swiveling hooks to help it catch fish. But unlike the giant squid, it seems to not be an active predator. Instead, the colossal squid floats around and uses its hooks to ensnare prey that strays too close. What's more, the colossal squid only lives in the Antarctic seas, so they can't have been the inspiration for the Scandinavian kraken legends. Mm-hmm. Much more violent are the humble squid, which are known as red devils because of the color they flash when in attack mode. They are more aggressive than giant squid and have been known to attack humans. Huh. <laughs> Weird to think of a squid attacking a human, right? Uh. Roper once had a lucky escape when a humble squid came gouging with her sharp beak through my wetsuit. 
Some years before, he had been told the story of a Mexican fisherman who fell overboard into a school of actively feeding humbled squid. As he reached upward for his mate to pull him aboard, he was attacked and pulled beneath the seas and was never seen again, having become a meal for the hungry school of squid. I consider myself quite fortunate to have come out of the water in more or less one piece, says Roper. However, while the Humboldt squid is clearly dangerous, even at maximum length, they are hardly bigger than a human. Mm -hmm. So they don't pose a serious threat unless you happen to be in the water with them. They certainly couldn't drag fishermen from boats, as the Kraken legend claims. All in all, there's little evidence of a truly monstrous squid living in the ocean today, but there is reason to suspect that squid reached stupendous size in the distant past. According to Mark McMenamin of Mount Holyoke College in South Hadley, Massachusetts, during the early dinosaur era, there may have been whopping squids up to 30 meters long. These prehistoric krakens may have preyed on ichthyosauruses, giant marine reptiles that looked a bit like modern dolphins. McMenamin first presented this idea in 2011, which have you ever looked up an ichthyosaurus? Mm-mm. Massive. Terrifying. Hmm. What is that? Look it up. How do you spell this? Ichthyosaurus, I-C-T, I'm sorry, I-C-H-T, H-Y-O-S-A-U-R-S, ichthyosaurus. Oh, yeah, I've seen these. Yeah, they're scary. Those are huge. He first presented this idea in 2011. He found nine fossilized vertebrae from ichthyosaurs arranged in linear patterns that he argues resemble the pattern of the sucker disc on cephalic tentacles. He suggests that a kraken killed the marine reptiles and then dragged their carcasses back to its lair for hmm. a feast, arranging the bones in near geometric patterns. In a, it's a speculative idea. In its defense, McMenamin points out that modern cephalopods are some of the most intelligent creatures at sea. It's true. Octopus have like huge brains. Mm-hmm. And that octopus have been known to collect rocks in their dens. However, his citric points, his, whoa, his critic points, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> his critics point out that there is no evidence that modern cephalopods sec, uh, stockpile their prey. McMenamin has now found a fossil that he believes to be part of the tip of an ancient squid beak. He presented his findings at the Geological Society of America. We think we're seeing a very close connection between the deep structure of a particular group of modern squid and this Triassic giant. What it tells us is there were periods in the past when squids became very large. However, other paleontologists remain to be convinced. So far, it is not clear if there were truly gigantic squid in the seas of the past. Today's giant squid, however, seemingly has all the ingredients needed to make a monster. But rather than the reality of the animal, it's our perception, muddled by stories, that keep the kraken alive. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Um, I think this is the first... uh perhaps the first cryptid that well i was going to say the first cryptid that's like based off of an actual animal that exists and it's just legend legends that have been told about it but i guess werewolves could be included in that um if you classify that as a cryptid um but i don't know man something intriguing about shit that lives in the water a lot of unknown still. I was looking up, um, that's a colossal squid size compared to a human. Yeah. And then this was the um, Humboldt, or Humboldt squid. Cute. It's just crazy that uh, things get that big. Wow. Terrifying. Um, there is something terrifying about uh, the ocean as well. I think, what a cool job, though. I was imagining... Um, 
when you were telling your story, the people who were researching these animals, and I, I even looked up a, a video. Like, could you imagine working in a submarine and just being in the depths of the ocean and like that, that is the coolest mm-hmm. and just witnessing this. I know. What a cool job. Oh, the ocean is beautiful. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's very frightening too. Cause there's still a lot of stuff out there that, uh, we, we know nothing discovered. about. Mm-hmm. I know. Cool topic. Well, what did I think of the bear page? Yes, sir. Oh, is that what you're going to ask? That was what I was going to ask. I was blown away. It was a really Ooh. excellent choice. I always like hearing that. I always like mm. hearing when you like it because then I'm just like, yes, I pick something 100%. good. 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had uh, really shitty beers. We've had really, really good beers. Um, and this is one of the really, really good ones. Uh, definitely, uh, like I said at the top, like Bad Squatch, you know, it's pretty close up there. Uh, I might put Bad Squatch ahead of this one. It'd be interesting to rank those, but there's a reason why we only do 10 at a time. Compared to seasons, yeah. So get out of, a little out of hand. But um, definitely my favorite so far out of the last few episodes that we've done. Um, fruity, floral, uh, it tastes like an IPA. Everything's perfectly balanced. There's not there's not anything that like uh, is too overwhelming or too upfront or just... You know, hits you in the wrong way. Everything's perfect about it. I don't know. That's my opinion. I greatly enjoyed it, which is always shocking because to anyone who listens mm-hmm. to Zach, you know I have a very strong distaste for IPAs usually. But since doing this show, I've come to realize that there is such a wide variety of IPAs that mm-hmm. I need to be more open with my palate. Mm-hmm. There's and so I, many options. I think it's cool that you picked this beer because I, I can tell it's also another... One of your favorites. It's so good. I greatly enjoyed it. I love the art. I love the smell, the taste. Everything is balanced perfectly, like you said. Yep. Um, I will say it is hard to sip on it because it is dry. And then it, yep. there's a little bit of bitterness in the back of your throat from all the hop because there were like over five hops in this beer. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> um, it is very good, though. It comes in a very large can, so it's not like you need to be like drinking multiple of them for being an ABV of 8%. <laughs> I think uh, the sweetness helps with that, too, with it yes. being a drier beer. Well, There's it also a lot said that the ABV was hidden very well, and I would agree. 100%. For it being an IPA. I mean, it's a double ale, so it, not, it needs to be dark. But It's not strong. It's not overwhelming. It's good. It's very good once it hits the tongue, uh, and then you hit that bitterness once it gets down to your throat. But yep. like I said, when you get your burp, you get your guava. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a guava burp. You, guava burp. you got your guava burp, and then you're good. <laughs> I uh, enjoyed it. Beer was great. Yes. Thanks. Good pick. Thanks, bud. Um, <laughs> all the stuff we say every episode. You know. You know. Beerandbeercast at gmail.com if you have any questions, mm-hmm. comments, concerns. If you want to submit anything for Flights and Frights, which someday we will eventually be able to do. Zach's going to play his guitar like a freaking fuckboy. Hey, that was rude. Beerandfearcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. I love you. <laughs> You got uh, a story to share, or if you just want to, we just want to hear from you. Yeah, talk we to wanna, us. We want to know that people actually listen to this. And we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Um, all of our new episodes are released on all of those social media websites, so you can yep. stay up to date with what we're doing. And then uh, all of the major podcast websites we're on as well. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast, we are on. Yes. And we'll see you. 
Oh, that G chord. We'll see you next week. Have a good day. The new episode. Have a good day. I gotta pee.